Yo, I put it like wow, this that sound These oaks don't work hard like me, I hope they know by now Bail, bail, stand my ground Throw these money trees, go overseas like Percy Tow I'll make sure you stay around, quiet when I'm under loud No negatives allowed, me positivity took a vow I always play to win, don't anticipate loss Mind always in the clown, my boy, never think about the drop Never, ever, ever think about the drop Welcome to it, sports fans. It is the MKT Show. Hell of a weekend. English Premier League is unparalleled. Unparalleled. Listen, I love college football. Uh, the NFL's back. Talk about that later. But just unreal. Unreal drama. Unreal predictability. It's the greatest league on earth. It is the greatest league on earth. It, it gets no better than the English Premier League. There's just nothing cricket rugby any of these sort of niche sports can do to compete and listen if you know me i love test cricket i love rugby it's the rugby world cup coming up people saying are you doing rugby content absolutely not it's too small i mean i'll talk a little bit about the world cup and i've got strong thoughts there in fact i'll be going to the rugby world cup in uh, le francais gay paris you know gay paris gay isn't happy before people get triggered and go, oh my word, not everything has to be about race or sexual orientation. Just talk about sport. Hey, relax. Gay Perry, I'm going to be there. But Premier League's unrivaled. It's insane. It's insane. What a game. Um, recording this just after the Arsenal and United game. My word. Unfiltered drama. The best. Unscripted. Greatest show on earth. All right, what are we talking about today? I'll tell you where I was right. Um, and then we'll talk about Chelsea's plan. I've been hearing a lot of feedback on Chelsea. They lost to Nottingham Forest, obviously. Um, and, you know, I've got some thoughts there. And obviously they've uh, been written off, which I like as a Chelsea fan. But I'll, I'll tell you what I think you want to be and what you don't want to be uh, in the football world, especially in the Premier League. The Premier League is very unique, right? It's not La Liga. It's not... Um, Serie A, it's not Bundesliga, it's a very unique product. It's the closest thing we have to the NFL. There's competition, there's a there's relative parity, there's five or six teams uh, with correct management that could win because they've got the resources and they're just getting started. I think the Premier League is about to go global in the next five, six years, especially if the Americans get their hands on it because they know how to commercialize and monetize and, and turn it into a product. Uh, I saw a great comment on social media, right? is European football has fans. American sport has customers. And I think finding that hybrid is what Europe hasn't done yet. And I think the Americans, as they come more and more into sport, you're seeing them at Leeds, you're seeing them now at Chelsea, you're seeing them at at, uh, Man United, you're seeing them at um, Arsenal. They understand it. They understand the business of commercialization and scaling. So Unreal already... And just getting started. All right. Um, remember, if you've got time. So imagine. Let's just imagine you went out for Sunday braai. You know. And a mate of yours has invited you. There's a lovely lady. You're single. She's single. You're at the braai. And they have kind of done the, we're going to set you up. And we think you guys will be good for each other. 
And then you have one too many drinks and you've derailed the whole thing. And maybe you had an emotional breakdown at the Sunday prior. Sad. Don't know what's on your, don't know what's happened to you. Sad. Breaks my heart. Don't know what happened to you. I mean, get it together or don't, like whatever. But now you've embarrassed yourself. You've embarrassed your friends because the girl who was being set up with you, oh, he's lovely. He's got a job. He's got two apartments that he owns. And, you know, he's got a really good career trajectory and his family's fantastic. And he's just, he's just a little bit, he's just a bit lost, you know. I think if you just meet him and I think you guys would be great together. That's how they set you up. You had one too many beers in the sun. It's spring now in South Africa. It got away from you a bit. These things happen. You know what will make you feel better? If you go and rate the show. Go to Spotify. Go to Apple Podcasts. Go to Google Podcasts. Wherever you listen to the pod. Give us a five-star rating. And if, but for a moment, this makes you feel better. It's done everything I need you to. It's done everything I need. So go ahead. Go and rate the pod. The MKT Show, wherever you get your podcasts. And don't, don't get drunk when you're being set up on a first date. Or just a meet and greet, you know? Give yourself some runway there. Don't be that guy. I mean, I know ladies do it too. Some people are nervous. But if you did, if you did screw up a nice hookup, right, from your friends, go rate the show. It'll make you feel better. Kick off your Monday in a positive way. Do something nice for somebody. That somebody is me. All right, let's get into the show. Um, you know what is quite cool? And I don't understand the criticism. Um, so I, I love boxing because in Dumkosa, obviously, also people, we watch rugby and we watch boxing. Like the football side of me is the half beddy side. Um, a couple of boxers have been caught recently. High profile, Connor Ben, uh, Robert Hellenius, uh, Alicia Baumgartner, and uh, Baumgartner, sorry, uh, Dillian White. They got caught for, for PEDs, or at least alleged, and there's contamination, and Conor Ben has been cleared. But what I love is that at long last, Eddie Hearn and his guys at Matchroom are taking it seriously. They are taking it seriously. And it matters, right? And I always say to people, the most honest sport in the world is boxing. You can't be scummy in boxing. Now, the ecosystem of boxing is scummy because it has no control. But boxing itself, when you get in what uh, is known as the, the square circle in the ring, it is just you and another dude or another lady, and it's two warriors going at it. But the element of cheating in that sport in particular, right, in what is already the most dangerous sport in the world, right? People are punching each other in the head for 36 minutes. Let's say 10, 10 of those 36 minutes, you're being smashed in the head. That is a sport that should be so strict about testing that that more people should have been caught in the past. And, and by the way, we, we know when people are on steroids. We know people on human growth hormones. You, you can actually see it um, in certain ways. But anyway, I don't want to get caught up in that. My point is I'm ecstatic that Matchroom are taking it so seriously. I'm ecstatic at long last that somebody is grabbing this by the kahunas and saying enough is enough. Now they are implementing testing and it costs a fortune from what I read as to why not all promoters have to um, or, or can test. But 
I don't understand the criticism of these fighters being caught. People are going, oh, Matchroom's fighters are getting caught. We should be saying, oh, fantastic. You're catching fighters. That's great. Let's get them out the sport. Let's clean up this great sport. The greatest, one of the greatest sport in the world. The, I believe the last warrior sport. I'm not a UFC guy. There's, there's too much going on there. Right? It's, it's a bit street brawly for me. Um, and I know there's UFC people that go, oh, those guys are unbelievable. Jiu-jitsu. Like, it's not boxing. Okay? The, the sweet science is the sweet science. And boxing needs to be protected now more than ever before the Saudis really get involved. Because they're involved. Obviously, Alexander Usyk um, is obviously been signed to Saudi Arabia um, and their entertainment company. So they're already getting involved. We've seen Anthony Joshua. We can see big events moving there. Uh, they're talking about Tyson Fury taking on Usyk and uh, Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua next year. So the money is just going to get insane. But before all of that happens, let's clean the sport up. I've always liked the idea of an emperor, sort of uh, Dana White. That's why UFC works, right? The best fight the best. But most importantly, we shouldn't be criticizing people who are catching fighters. We should be celebrating that. The more people that get exposed for cheating in that sport in particular. Nobody's going to die in football if people are cheating. We're like, we know, the Italians won insane stuff. If you go and read uh, the books about Italia 90 and even Italian football in the 90s. Just some of the things the guys were taking. It's just insane. Absolutely insane. But nobody's dying in football. Right? More likely than not, although it's a contact sport, you're not elbow or you're not smashing each other in the face for 36 minutes. Which is championship fight, by the way, three minutes around, three times twelve. So I just thought I'd address that. I mean, I'm so happy about this. I'm happy that fighters are getting caught. And I'm happy that somebody's doing something about it. If you're interested, don't look up Matter and Boxing uh, and Eddie Hearn, and they are speaking about it more and more. All right. Um, from next week, you'll start to hear more and more about the NFL. Uh, I was watching college football. I'm so happy for Deion Sanders at Colorado. Uh, one of the most beautiful places I've been to in my life. Uh, Aspen, Colorado, Boulder, Colorado. Just unreal. Heaven on earth. Heaven on earth. If you like to ski, um, Aspen, a little pricey, but you know, uh, things cost money. But Aspen's fantastic. Boulder's unreal real if you're starting to make a bit of money in your life and you like the outdoors look out in summer there are bears but but i promise you you are i mean south africa is pretty special i have to be honest as a as a landmark that has everything in the world it is special cape town special the western cape is special the drakensberg is special but boulder colorado is tough to beat those mountains are massive the lakes are insane uh you know, you you can just do everything there. And in winter, Aspen is unplayable. It's un, it's unplayable. Like, I mean, I'm quite lucky to have worked in Canada. I think Whistler is special. They're, they're very similar. They're very similar. But but Boulder is, you know, that's where all the, all the triathletes live. It's where uh, a lot of the skiers live. It's where, um, it, it's a sports haven. Triathletes, runners, uh, mountain runners, sort of alpine it's an alpine haven right but now they got colorado with Deion sanders great uh, the greatest cornerback to ever play i love the nfl by the way i think it's the second greatest league in the world maybe competing even to be the first best to be completely honest it's just 
you know, I've been into it for, forever. I was at the Super Bowl two years ago. Um, I will probably, I say probably, go again in uh, Las Vegas 2024. Uh, that is the plan. But it's back and it, it's just a treat. Like, I'm off the grid now, right? Like, I'm training and now the Premier League's back and NFL's back. Like, I'm not doing anything with my life. Forget it. If you haven't seen me now, I'll see you in May. Maybe. But I'll see you in May 2024. Like, that's it now. I'm not going out anymore. I'm not... Sorry, I'm not available for lunch. Like, forget it. It's over. Training in the mornings. And then I'm just... You know. It's it's my time now. College football is back. Colorado. Just incredible. I think he signed 55 players or 66 players. Turned around a roster that went 1-11. That means they won one game, lost 11 last year. And he beat the team that was basically in the natty final, they call it in America, the national final, right? And they lost to Georgia, obviously, the current, the current dynasty. I'm an Alabama fan. Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Roll Tide. And, uh, and uh, for all my sins, a Minnesota Vikings fan. Kirk Cousins. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. So it's going to be pain. Cousins is mediocre. Uh, th- there was a series called Quarterback on Netflix. You can watch it. Everybody likes Kirk Cousins. I'm like, well, I'm not religious, so I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know why people go, oh, that that person's religious, so I like them. Like, what does that even mean? You know, it's kind of like saying somebody's a very good soccer player, so they'll be a nice person, or they are a like Oprah's a good person because she's the greatest arguably the greatest orator and presenter of all time like no that's not how it works like just because you're religious doesn't mean you're a good person or or i guess it's one of those things where i guess it's easier for guys to go out right it's like the nobody talks about the kardashians like i'm just being stereotypically lazy here i don't really know what ladies do, do women have an equivalent of the premier league like, I, I see it largely as still a male-dominated world globally is soccer or football. And I meet people around the world, and before you know it, we're already talking about you guys need a new left-back. And all the guy needs to tell me is he supports Arsenal. And we, we're through the nonsense as guys. Like, don't worry about it. This guy's already awesome. Let's get straight to the football. I, I remember when I was flying to Madrid... A guy saw me wearing my Bayern Munich shirt. We got into it. He said, oh, I'm German. Great. And then he started, he said, I love the Premier League. And his girlfriend even commented, or, or the, yeah, the lady is with girlfriend, wife. She was like, oh, my goodness. Like, you guys are already talking. And so maybe it's that, you know, that, that association with like, oh, it's just a correlation. Like, oh, this guy loves football. He must be a gent. Could be a bastard. Don't know but he likes football. It's a strong start. So maybe it's that correlation, I guess. Like people are like, oh, he's got heavenly ethos about him if he's into Jesus. Anyway, people seem to think Kirk Cousins is Jesus reincarnate. If you haven't seen the series, it's very, very good. It's a great intro for people that are casuals. I'd consider myself on the other side of casual. I'd consider myself a, an active consumer of the NFL. As in, I know every single quarterback in the league and a lot of the backups. So, I love the NFL. Love college football. 
they just, you know what they are? They are the best TV product. Although the Premier League, I think, is the best league, I think the NFL and college football have just, Americans do production better, marketing better, scaling better, storytelling better. They just do. They lean into the entertainment much better than everybody else. And they're just great at narrativizing and just being open. You know, Europeans, I think, are very conservative, largely speaking. America's just so open. Even when I travel, you know, Americans want to tell you their life story. They, they, they just cannot wait to tell you their life story and ask you, hey, what do you do for a living? And then they'll tell you about, like, things you're like, oh, my goodness, wow. Thanks for telling me about your dead sister. But Americans are, and I, I really, I know it's quite fashionable to hate Americans. I don't know why. Like, I dig it. And I, because I've been there a lot in my life, my mom used to work there a lot, it's like I understand why they're ignorant. If you, if you lived in the greatest country in the world, and they are, by the way, like I know people think it's so cool to go, oh, it's not that great. It is. They are the greatest economy in the history of mankind. They do everything better than everyone. They do. You know, not everybody's getting shot in America, by the way. But I get their ignorance. It's like, why, why would you care about anyone else? You've, you've got the greatest economy in the world in a place that's basically 50 countries. Like, America's massive, by the way. It is five hours from one coast. So from New York to LA is a five-hour flight. I took that flight two years ago. I'd forgotten how long it was. It's five hours. It's like halfway to London from South Africa. It's massive. It is a massive country. So I get their ignorance. Like, why would we care about anything else? America provides everything you need. There's five great sports that are just given to me wherever I want all the time. It's a great consumer market. Like, I get it. They are the best. Best TV products for sure. Looking forward to that. Um, all right. Well, just thought I'd share that. NFL, college football. You'll hear a lot about it on this. Um, and go and watch Quarterback if you're interested in expanding your consumption world. Consumption world mkt inspires on all social media slide in the dms mkt at the mkt show that's me i'm mkt and then we'll do a mailbag we'll do a mailbag i got a question that i will answer in the mailbag in the mailbag as they say uh, so i'm the best man at a wedding next year and I'm the MC at a wedding. I think they're like a week apart, by the way. Yeah, weddings, eh? Jeez. I've got some strong opinions there. Got some really, really strong opinions. Um, weddings. Boy, oh boy. Anyway, I'm part of a delegation now. Let's see how that goes. Did not expect it. That blindsided me. Still reeling a bit. Haven't really thought about it. Anyway, so I'm the best man at that. MC at the other one. I'll probably smash the MC thing. Like, it's what I do for a living. So, that'll be fine. Other one? Not so sure. Not so sure. Best man. Uh, by the way, slide in the DMs. What What are you supposed to do as the best man? Because I, I don't know what to do. Am, am I supposed to be, like, getting emotional and, I don't know, like, making a collage what do people do? I, I, because people live their lives through movies. So if you've been a best man and everyone said, oh my God, this guy did an incredible job. Please slide in the DMs. Give me some advice. I'll obviously Google stuff closer to the time. 
I mean, yeah, maybe I'm the worst best man in the world as well. I don't drink, I don't party. I'm out of that world. You know, I'm sure there's a service, right? I'll, I'll Google it. But maybe you're in that business, by the way. I'll support you. Hit me up if you organize bachelor's things that aren't, like, I don't want it to be sorted. Well, maybe I do. I don't know what I want. If you do this for a living, let me know what the options are. If you don't do it for a living. I don't want to hear from some guy who went to a bachelor's that they thought was awesome on their friend's farm. Like, that's boring. Not doing that. And we need to be around to, like, watch the football, I reckon. So, ideally in a city. Like, I don't want to go to some farm. I don't want to do that. Again, maybe why I'm a bad best man. Slide in the DMs. MKT inspires. MKT at the MKT show. If you've got an email that you'd like to share with me, share it. MKT at the MKT show dot com. Calm, calm, calm. All right, let's get into the show. Uh, every week on Mondays, I will tell you where I was right, where I was wrong. I'll make some predictions. And, you know, because I'm, I don't want to say, I don't want to say Jesus the Redeemer because that's too strong. That's blasphemous. But I'm that honest. At the very least, Abraham Lincoln, honest Abe vibe. Because I'll tell you where I was right and where I was wrong. Most people just tell you where they're right. I'll tell you where I was right, where I was wrong. I do that every single Monday or on the Thursday show if there's a Monday night fixture. Okay, let's get into it. Uh, Where MKT was right, where MKT was wrong. Uh, Where I was right, VAR is worse than ever. There were three identical, identical, right? One Liverpool, one with Welbeck for Brighton, uh, and then there was Man City, right? All three are offside. It's clearly impeding the goalkeeper. What does impeding the goalkeeper mean? VAR is worse than ever. I don't understand it. The, you know what the problem is? We nobody knows the rules. The thing about rules is I shouldn't have to interpret them. I shouldn't have to interpret them. VAR is worse than ever. I was right. It's making it worse than ever. If you listen to the show three years ago, I said it would make it worse. And it has. VAR, worse than ever. I was right. Where I was wrong, sucker, break to places. Slid in the DM said, Brew, Saka won the Young Player of the Year because you have to be 21 years old. Erling Haaland is not. So I was wrong. It's not because of BLM or the identity politic. I was wrong. Erling Haaland is not eligible like Bale and Ronaldo were for that. I should probably have done the research. Sorry, but I was wrong. You can't win Young Player of the Year if you're not 21 in the season of the award. Bukayo Saka, congratulations. He is the best young player in the league. Uh, where I was right, Man United are worse. They're worse. Listen, they've spent 400 million to get worse. Makes no sense. Maguire, Evans, and Casemiro got overrun again. Again. His defense was exposed again. It doesn't make sense with this guy. I just don't get it. I think Varane was a terrible buy. Everyone's telling me, I saw someone on social media tell me he stabilized our defense. I'm like, who cares? He's never available. Who cares? The only reason Man United came third last year is that Liverpool and Chelsea fell off. There there is no way, there is no way Man United are coming in the top four this year. There is absolutely no way. Now listen, fifth is good enough for the Champions League, but Tottenham are back. 
Chelsea will be fine. Arsenal, Newcastle will be fine. And Man City. And then Liverpool. Honestly, Man United to come seventh this year would, would be doing what? Unbelievable. That Harry Maguire and Johnny Evans at centre back today after injuries. You can't spend 400 million and not have solid defenders. I'm sorry. People say Chelsea should have a solid striker. Forget that. You've got to build from the middle. It's crazy. What are you doing with an over-the-hill 31-year-old Casemiro spending 60 million on him? Varane, who's washed, because Real Madrid, I've told you before, don't sell players unless there's something majorly wrong. Varane has never played 32 games in a league season since RC Lance back in the day. So forget about that. He's always been injury prone. And now he's 30. Real Madrid knew it. They they done they done you a kipper, mate. They done United a kipper. And then you've got Lindelof. I mean, what a joke. They are worse. I was right. Where I was wrong, Man City look unbeatable. Unbeatable. Forget VAR, they look unbeatable. My God. I like there's nothing more to be said there. Four out of four. They're the only unbeaten team after four games going into the international break. Pep Guardiola has his men humming. I was wrong. Where I was right, Bukayo Saka is absolutely sensational. He controlled that Arsenal game. Listen, Declan Rice will get the plaudits. Um, or, uh, Jesus the Redeemer, uh, Gabriel Jesus, will get the plaudits. But Bukayo Saka is just mesmeric. He is absolutely brilliant on the right. His first touch, his ball control... I thought Martinelli was terrific in the first half. He faded in the second half. But Bukayo Saka is now a fully mature man. He's playing like a man. His option taking, his ball control, his physicality. He won't be bullied anymore. I mean, he's the complete right wing. He's just terrific. He's just terrific. No goals, no assists. But he just does so much more now. He tracks back. He gets involved in the middle. He inverts. He's in there with Udegaard playing those one-twos. He's just an unreal player. His ball carrying, his ability to make the right decision now. That that was always a problem, right? Oh, what a player. I was right. I said it years ago. I said he'll be the face of English football. And I think he'll be close. My word, what a player. Uh, I was dead right on Bukayo Saka. Lastly, where I was wrong, Chelsea are miles away. Four points from four games. They're miles away. I thought after the Liverpool game, wow, look how settled it is. It's a mess. I don't think he's got the formation right. Go and check out my video. Uh, By the way, I do Chelsea analysis after every single game. Check it out, MKT Inspires, on TikTok uh, or Instagram. The full video is there for the review for the Nottingham Forest game. At every Chelsea game, I will do a review. I was wrong. Chelsea are miles away. And it's not because of the play, it's because of the finishing, but it's the same complaint we've had since Lampard. Since 2018, it's been the same thing. The build-up's great, but ultimately you don't have that guy. And it's painful. Jackson missed one, Mudrick missed another one. I mean, oh, Sterling missed one. Enzo missed one. I, I mean, it's just painful. It's painful if you're a Chelsea fan, but they're not there. I thought the Liverpool performance would be a steadying, okay, great preseason. It's just not there. Jackson's not really at this level. He's 21 years old, and I can't blame him. This is the big time. You're now in the most successful club in the last 20 years in England. This is not a Real. 
where you can muck about and miss chances like that and think you're going to go to the big time. Jackson's got a long, long way to go. A long, long way to go. He's no Erling Haaland. Chelsea, miles off. I was wrong. That is where MKT was right, where MKT was wrong. At MKT Inspires on the socials. Let me know uh, if you'd like me to cover anything else. But that is where I was right, where I was wrong. I'll do that every single Monday. That segment where I was right, where I was wrong. I'm going to talk about Chelsea in a little bit. But man, Arsenal were impressive, huh? They were impressive. They kept going, kept pressing. Udegaard's world-class. I don't care what anybody says. He, he, he's, he's a maestro. He's a maestro. I think Real Madrid rushed that one. But but listen, to, to go and play for Real Madrid, you've got to be like Jude Bellingham level, right? I mean, Bellingham's clearly a generational player. Yeah? You can see why they bought him. I think Odegaard's great. He's not that. He's not, he's not Bellingham. <laughs> My God. Bellingham's one of the few in world football who can play the 6, the 8, the 10, and and be world-class. Like, that's that's like Lampard. You, you start to talk about Lampard territory there. Jude Bellingham is starting to get... Already, he's expressing a maturity and a game-winning mentality that a 21-year-old shouldn't be nowhere near, especially in the middle of the park. That's that's the toughest place in the world to play. Now, you've got Tony Cruz, Luka Modric. That helps. Valverde, that helps. But you still got to deliver. It's Real Madrid. The pressure is real. 100 million is real. And if there's one place in the world where you cannot hide, it's Real Madrid. So he is sensational. But you got to say, Udegaard is my my word. He's, a, he's an impressive young man. And the Norway Norwegian captain at the age of 21. So there's clearly something about him. And another great finish composed. Real player. They got him, Declan Rice. Rice is humming. Essentially got the winning goal. I mean... Gabriel Jesus got the third one. But Odegaard is my word. And he's just getting started. Imagine him in four or five years' time when he's really good, when he really understands the game. Because you must remember, players hit their peak 25, 26. Just remember that. If you're a Liverpool fan, you should be excited about Trent Alexander-Arnold. He's still a child. Alexander-Arnold's only going to hit his peak in five, six years' time when the mastery of the game, really, when he starts to get into it. You think of Gerard and Lampard. They, they, you hit your straps at that level between 26 and 33. These are kids just developing. How exciting is that? If you're a Premier League fan, you should be stoked. Because look at the young talent. You know, Caicedo had a shocker against Nottingham Forest, but he's, you can see what he is. 21. Udegaard, early 20s. Saka, 20s. Uh, Harlan, 20s. I, I don't know if he'll be around in two years. It's not really his thing. He's more of a dating man than a marrying man. In the football sense. But I, I do like Udegaard. I'd love to know what you think. Is Martin Udegaard the best central midfielder in the league right now? At MKT Inspires. I mean, he made Casemiro. Casemiro is a living legend, by the way. He embarrassed him. Udegaard ran that game like he was Modric. Like he was Roy Keane. He just bossed that game. I mean, Bruno and Casemiro, we're talking proper players here. Men, grown men. They couldn't get a kick. They could not get a kick. Now listen, Declan Rice played well, but I thought Udegaard getting in the pocket on that half turn, what they call a half turn, if you don't know what that is, 
is basically in football, when you receive the ball, your body shape is already facing the other goal. So you're basically, when you're taking the ball, instead of giving it back to the defender or the midfielder gave it back to you, you're sort of taking it and you're already facing the opposition. They call that the half turn. And it sounds simple, but they're really, really top guys. If you watch them, I think there's a masterclass with Cesc Fabregas where he talks about how Arsene Wenger coached them to play on the half turn. Um, and, and it's a slight thing. It seems simple. It's a bit boring. It's a bit football nerdy. But if your shoulders are facing the opposition goal when you get the ball, you're far more likely to progress the ball. And Udegaard, it's a highly technical thing, and you've got to coach it into young kids. And these are the, this is the difference between a kid, a kid getting into football at 13 and kids getting to football at 6 7. Right. So, like, I can always tell when a kid has been um, from an academy because I played academy football at six years old with international coaching. So I know what it looks like in terms of how they receive the ball, what they do at the first and second touch. I can see it a mile away. Uh, and Odegaard is just creme de la creme. No fuss, super European technique and clearly brilliantly coached from a young age. He was a wunderkind. And listen, Real Madrid, it's broken many a man. This kid is special. This kid is special. Love to hear your thoughts. Is he the best Premier League midfielder right now? Is he the best maestro? Because I think he is. I watched him today. I watched closely. And this is how I like to watch sport, right? Is I like to watch the battles that matter. I always watch the middle of the field. Because if you, if you don't win the middle of the field, it doesn't matter how good you are. Like, you're not going to win the game. It's very rare. Nottingham Forest beating Chelsea like that is very, very rare. I mean, it's very rare. And United, they tried. Listen, they tried to hold on, hold on, hold on, counter-attack. But, you know, against that sort of quality, Arsenal will punish you. So I loved watching that. It was an absolute masterpiece by Martin Udegaard. All right, should we get into Chelsea? The Chelsea plan. I see a lot of criticism about Chelsea. And obviously, I'm a Chelsea fan. Those who don't know, if you're just... Uh, Listening to the show for the first time. I am a Chelsea diehard. Former Chelsea season ticket holder for two years. So I've watched plenty. And, you know, obviously they lost to Nottingham Forest. And it's it's tough as a fan. Because you never want to hear this. So I took some time to calm down. And again, you can see my report. Review. At MKT Inspires on the TikTok Monster. Or Instagram. Go and check out the Chelsea review. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Chelsea spent £435 million in this past summer window. Bringing in 12 players. 12 new signings. Which is a lot. By the way, there's 11 people in a soccer team. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing that I, I have learned in life. And it's not easy to learn. But I've learned this and I'm trying now... I'm 37, and I'm just learning to implement this. Uh, the great Warren Buffett said, it's okay to make mistakes in life. What you have to avoid is disasters. I'll say it again. It is okay to make mistakes, because we are all going to make mistakes. What you can't have is too many disasters. Those are the ones that kill you. We can all make mistakes. What you have to avoid is disaster. 
But but here's what I'm learning. Here's the part I'm learning now at 37. And I'm getting better and better at it. And I, I promise you it's simplified my life. When I make a mistake now, it's a job, it's a relationship, it's a working relationship, it's whatever it may be. It's a friendship. Like I walk away from people all the time now. When I make a mistake and I realize I've made the mistake, I walk away as soon as possible. I don't double down on mistakes. I don't. Not because I'm cooler or better than anybody. I'm just, I've become really comfortable with who I am. And it's very, very difficult because we're emotional, right? As human beings, the younger you are, the more you're looking to appease your environment. I'm 37 now, like grow up, right? Like, hey, if you're not serving my life, you want to go out and get hammered and drink and sorry, I'm not for you. See ya. Enjoy. You're not wrong, by the way. You're just not right for me. When you make a mistake, fix it as soon as possible or else. Right now, if you're listening to this, you with a guy, you with a girl, and you're like, you know it's not going to work. Listen, if you're 25, give it a whirl. Because at 25, you don't even know yourself. I don't want to be, I don't want to belittle being a 25-year-old, but you're an emotional wreck at that time, especially as a guy. So you don't really know yourself. You think you do, but you don't, unless you are unbelievably introspective. If you're 30, 35, and you get into a relationship with a girl or a guy, and a month in, it's not working. It's not working. Like, why are you doubling down? What are you hoping for? Just, you made a mistake. Own it. Don't get emotional. Keep it moving. But we're not all like that. Here's what I love about what Chelsea have done. Marina uh, Gronovskia and Peter Cech were well, well out their depth. I have to be honest. Um, after the ban of 2019, it's been a directionless disaster. You know, I'll tell you why. Marina fell out with Surrey, Lampard and Tuchel over signings. You can't fall out with three managers in a row. Here are the signings in the last three or four windows. Havertz, Werner, Ziyech, Mendy, Bakayoko, Pulisic, Ismail Assar, Thiago Silva, Zappacosta, Drinkwater, Lukaku. I mean, can't have it. Of those, by the way, Thiago Silva is the only one who's still here and has been successful. The rest have been complete and utter failures. Chelsea are six years removed from their last league title. Listen, anyone can win cups. Like, we won the Champions League, but Chelsea are a winning institution, so that DNA is in there. But winning cups isn't what you are. It's putting putting makeup on a pig. The league tells you what you are. 38 games, home and away, that is what you are. The league, (laughs) there's a a great saying in sport. The league table never lies. Chelsea have won five titles in 19 years. And it's been none in six years. So five titles in 19 years. But in the last six years, they've won zip. Ain't going to work. Ain't going to work. It's been rotting for six years now. Yes, Chelsea have been successful. Yes, they've been competitive. But it's been rotting for six years now. Since 2017, since the last title, which was in 2017, Chelsea have occupied the following positions on the league table. Fifth, third, fourth, fourth, third, 
and 12th. That's an average of fifth place. So you were the best team in the country six years ago. You are now the fifth best place team. That's your average over the last six years, seven years. Six years. Chelsea are the fifth best team in England. That's the average in the last six years. I'm not saying that because I feel it. I'm saying that's what the numbers say. Men lie, women lie, and numbers don't lie. But here's what I love about Chelsea and the current approach. Because it was rotting under Marina um, and Peter Cech. What you don't want to be is Man United and Arsenal. Arsenal were in denial for 19 years and Man United are still in denial and have been in denial for a decade. Arsenal took three years. Eventually they got Mikel Arteta. It took Arteta three years to get rid of the rot. Chelsea and Todd have gotten rid of the rot in one year. Losing mentality, losing players, big signing mistakes. In one year, they've had to turn it around. Now listen, it's going to be more expensive if you're going to do things that way. But if you're going to be hyper-aggressive, right? Number one, you're going to make some mistakes. That's naturally, that's life, that's okay. But at least you're showing an intent to do something. If you're an Arsenal or a Man United fan, you might not like the brutality, but Chelsea has always operated this way in the last 20 years. I spoke to an Arsenal fan. They said, nah, actually, I wouldn't like it. Because it, it's quite crude, right? The way Todd has just come in, it's... In, an, in a sensitive age, the Gen Z age, they'll tell you it's inhumane. But Todd is telling you, no, this is nonsense. I'm here to win. I'm a winner. I'm one of the greatest investors of the modern era. At Clear Lake, we don't lose. And you made mistakes, and Chelsea wasn't going to fix those mistakes. Because you know what happened? After the ban... 2019 ban. They panicked. That was when they signed Werner and Ziyech. And it didn't... What was the plan? What was the plan? And Man United and Arsenal is who you don't want to be. You don't want to spend a decade fluttering about, mucking about, directionless. Man United still had Phil Jones, by the way, on their books last year. In 2022. It's insane. It's abs- Harry Maguire. What's he still doing there? Yeah, David De Gea last year. If David De Gea was washed and football passed David De Gea five years ago, what was he still doing at Manchester United? It's insane. It's absolutely insane. But it's Man United, right? That, that's where they are now. That's where they are. The leadership's nonsense. But I like this Chelsea approach. Because you know what aggression does? It creates clarity. It creates clarity. It puts people under pressure and it creates clarity. When people are aggressive, you're going to get results either way. But here's something I believe in in life. And I I, I really do this one. I believe in short-term pain long-term gain. If you look at the profile of players Chelsea have bought, all right, he's spending now 
and then they'll develop it over the decade. And what you do when you stockpile the best talent, let's say there's a fall-off rate of 40%, right? Moving forward, he's obviously not going to spend 400 million every window because he's got the base now. He did this with the Dodgers, by the way. You can go and look up the story of how he rebuilt the baseball team, the Dodgers. But if you don't know, Chelsea now have the youngest squad in England, an average age of 23. But what he's done is he's made sure they've collected the best young talent in Europe, in England. It is now with Chelsea. Right? Two incredible right backs. They have one one decent left back who's the vice captain and Martin they seem to like. Dezasi, everybody wanted him. You know, you've got Colwell, he's brilliant. Tiago Silva will be the experience. But it's a young team. 12 signings. An average age of 23, according to Transfer Market. It's the youngest average age in the league, in the English Premier League. It's incredible. But but here's where Chelsea fans have to realise. Short-term pain, long-term gain. Pep and Man City can't last forever. So here's the plan at Chelsea. What you don't want to be, again, is Arsenal, Man United. When an era fails, who is ready? Man City. Man City can't last forever. Pep and Man City won't last forever. Chelsea want to be ready in two, three years' time, whenever it is, when this ends. They don't want to be reorganizing then. Then you're just adding the chandeliers. Because Caicedo and Enzo and Gallagher and... Colwell and Dezasi and Sanchez and Gusto and Jackson. All these guys will have played for three seasons together now. And then you're just adding an Ozerman. And then you've kind of weeded out. Okay, Mudrik, not good enough. We've moved you on wherever it may be. So you don't want to be the guys when the opportunity presents itself. This is where Man City were terrific, right? As soon as Man United were out the way, as soon as Chelsea fell off, it's, <laughs> they've never looked back. Man City said, we are here. We are ready now. And sometimes in life, you've got to accept in the short term, all right, we made some mistakes. There is another organization. There is a product on the market that's better than ours. But it can't last forever. And you need to make sure, should they slip off, right? Nokia were the guys, Samsung, and Apple were ready when Nokia mucked about. It's not even a joke. We move in there. And, and, and never again. We will never see this space. 12 signings. The youngest average age in the league. Chelsea are looking to pounce as soon as Man City stop. And don't give me Liverpool. Like They've won, got one title in 30 years. They're not a serious institution. But Chelsea fans have to give it Two years minimum with Poch. Klopp took five years, two and one, and Pep took two seasons. So you've got to let it bake. You've got to let him get these kids right. And obviously you're going to have to add some experience. You remember Pep made his mistakes. He got Bravo. That didn't work. Aguero wasn't working. Eventually got went and got his own guys. The one season he played... De Bruyne at false nine. Right? That's what he had to go and do. Had to go get Rodri. 
because Fernandinho and the guys were getting old. And now he's got a dynasty. Now he's just adding chandeliers. Now we just get Haaland. But keep in mind what people need to realize. Man City started building in 2009. Just keep that in mind. So if you're a Chelsea fan, what you should be excited is that there's clearly a direction. Because remember, Chelsea have bought at every level as well. It's not like Man United where they were buying Lukaku and Di Maria and then the Schweinsteiger and the age profiles all over the place. So they, it's not like they were building a project. Then there was like there was from Fellaini, you were going to Schweinsteiger. What, what was going on there? Then Igalo was coming in. There was Falcao at a stage. What, what are we doing? What's the plan? But it's clear here, Chelsea refused to buy any players over the age of 25. Why would they do that? Because he wants this era to mature together. And that'll take time. Todd knows that now. And he's out the way and he's, he's handed over to the two most brilliant. And I'm not just saying it as a Chelsea fan. If you go and look at Monaco and Brighton over the last five, six years, these are two men that were sporting directors there. So if you're a Chelsea fan, unfortunately, short-term pain, long-term gain. But I love that Todd Bully. I, you know, I love aggression. I love aggression in life. Have an opinion. Have a strong say. Because if you have a strong say, people are going to respond and tell you whether you're right or wrong. And quite quickly, you're going to have a conversation with that person. And you're going to get to the answer pretty quickly. With Chelsea, we're going to know in four or five years. It doesn't have to be Man United. You don't have to wait a decade. But at least they have a plan. You can see the plan, right? Young defenders, young central midfielders, young strikers. Oh, okay, at every level. I urge every Man United fan, go and look at your transfer windows in the last 10 years. What was the plan? Why are you buying Rafael Varane and Mason Mount and Casemiro? Why did you get Ericsson? The age profiles are all over the place. Can they even play together? What? What? Now you've got Rasmus Highland, Hoyland, who's going to have to develop maybe with Rashford, who's 20 or about 26 now. Anthony, maybe with Rasmus Hoyland. Could that work? Are they the same age profile? But Casemiro won't be there now to be with Mount. Amrabat's 27 could he be a stabilizing factor? Will he be a part of this era? Like, what's going on? you got to learn to move on from mistakes, man. And if you're Chelsea, trust me, you don't want to be Man United. You don't want to be Chelsea. Uh, you don't want to be Arsenal. 20 years for Arsenal, a decade now. Ask every honest Man United fan. They know it's a shambles. They've spent a billion on what? And if you just calm down, Right, forget the money. But that's how life works, right? When you make big mistakes, you've got to spend big to fix them. I'll bring it to your to, to your own life. When you when you fall off the wagon, gain a bit of weight and your health takes a, a left turn and you have bad habits, it's very, very hard to undo those before you get into bad habits. Right? A lot of people think Oh, well, fixing my behavior is fine because I, I can just wake up and decide. No, 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 no. It's very easy to pick up bad habits. It's very, very difficult to pick up great habits. 
And Chelsea realize it. But he's been aggressive. Get the nonsense out of here. Before you can start building, it's what Arteta's done. You've got to get the rubbish out. Man United fans realize right now, while you've got Lindelof, while you've got Maguire there, while you had De Gea there, I think while you've got Scott McTominay there, it's good. you can't build anew. That mediocrity, that mindset is still in the building. I'm excited as a Chelsea fan. I hate that I'm going to be bantered for the first two years. But I really, as I looked at the profile, where they were buying players, they've got right backs, left backs, center backs, midfielders. And I can see the profile as well. Highly technical, physical guys. They've got Broha up front coming back as a striker. So I think it's clear at Chelsea is we will suffer in the short term. But at the very least, they'll be good. They may not be great in the next two, three years. But they'll be good because these kids will mature together. And it's the best talent in Europe, by the way. They haven't just gone and bought nonsense. The thing about Anthony is you don't really know. Rasmus Highland, you're hoping. Like with Palmer, you saw it at the Under-21 Championship. He was a star player. Noni Madueki, star player. Right? Nicholas Jackson, we'll see. But Reese James, it's clear. Gusto, you, it's clear. Dezassi was wanted by Man United, by Arsenal. Like he's proper. He'll come right. Chilwell, proper. England backup, right? Luke Shaw's terrific. So, I'd be happy for us, Chelsea. Won't be happy in the short term, though. Love to know what you think. Love to know what you think. I, I, I just, I love aggression in business. And I, listen, I like aggression in life. Like, be aggressive. Go for what you want. What's the worst that can happen? People say no. Or yes. And then you get the answer. And that's, that's what these, that's what Todd Bowley is doing, right? Is I'm going to get results. And I, I'm going to reveal it early as well. Do you want to be here? No. Get out. It's a winner's mentality. It's tough. It's not for everyone. <laughs> it's not for everyone, but it, it's what it takes to win. Pep Guardiola got there, Zlatan, it ain't going to work. Cheers, one season. Eto, it ain't going to work. Cheers, one season. Kunagüero, it was uncomfortable for a season. One season, get out. That's how it goes. Fernandinho, two seasons, you're out. João Cancelo, it got uncomfortable one season. Cheers, you're out. Best, best wing back in the world. No one cares. Out. Alex Ferguson, David Beckham, best right foot in the world. Get out. Jakob best centre back in the world. Attitude, out. To build that winning mentality, you've got to get rid of rubbish. You can't have rubbish in the dressing room. And by rubbish, it's poor mentality. It's lack of winning. Hey, losing's contagious, man. And Chelsea are the fifth best team in England over the last five years. Love to hear your take. At MKT Inspires. Your thoughts. Are Chelsea doing the right thing? Have they overspent? Can they come back? How long will it take Chelsea to come back? Love to hear your thoughts. At MKT Inspires. And second question. Do you think Todd Bully has messed around and he doesn't know what he's doing? Love to hear your thoughts. MKT Inspires. All right, let's do a mailbag question. Um, is Tielemans washed if Emre... This comes from Otilium Gali. 
famed lawyer. He says, is Tillemans washed if Emre isn't trusting him to start? Surely should have gone to Arsenal back then. Well, probably a good thing he didn't go to Arsenal. I'll just start there because he's not better than Declan Rice. Plus, Declan's English, isn't he? Hey, you know who I like that Arsenal have? I don't know why they don't play him more. That, that Vieira. He's a player, isn't he? He looks a bit like Bernardo Silva. That ability to protect the ball at high pace and twist and turn and find a pass. I like him. Small sample size. He was injured last year. I don't get the Kai Havertz thing. Anyway, whatever. As a Chelsea fan, glad you're born. Here's what's awkward for Aston Villa. They now have to try and squeeze, because they spent so much money on Kamara, I don't think they expected Douglas Louise to be as good as he is. But actually, now their captain is McGinn. He's the fourth best player at number eight, but they're trying to play him left wing, and it looks disgusting. If you watch the Liverpool game, he had two massive chances, a header and one where he was through one-on-one. Don't know what he was doing, shooting near, near post. But he's their fourth best central midfielder. And they're trying to get sort of two midfielders into a three midfield system or two midfield system. Because that DRB is special and then you've got to play Bailey on the right. Like he's, he's been unreal. So they're playing John McGinn left wing. And that is to say that, no, I don't think Tillemans is washed. I think they want to see what Kamara is all about. And I think the big problem is, I don't think David... Uh, I say, am I saying... Uh, Douglas Luis. That's not who it is. It's Douglas. Um, what's the guy's name in the midfield there? The the, the man name there. You, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, hold on. Let me let me Google it quick. I, I'm just googling the guy's name. You know exactly who I'm talking about. Yeah, Douglas Luis. That it, it is Douglas Luis. Not David Luiz. David Luiz is a former Chelsea centre-back. I don't think they thought Douglas Luiz would be this good. I, I really don't. And it's like, oh no. We were hoping to replace him with Kamara, bring McGinn in there, and then maybe play Tillemans in a three-man pivot. But now, they've got Zaniolo as well. I don't really understand what the plan is. The problem is McGinn's going to have to go, because McGinn's the fifth best now. Fourth or fifth best. Because I don't know if you've seen Zaniolo. He's proper. And he's proper 8-8, eight to eight, uh, eight box-to-box guy. So I don't think Tillemans is washed. They've got Europe this season. Ease him in. And then um, I think he's better than Kamara. I don't really like what I see with Kamara, to be honest with you. Inconsistent. I, I like Tillemans. I think he's a top, top player. I don't know about Arsenal. He's not that level. I, I don't think he's that level. So I don't think he's washed. I think he's at the right place. And I think he's at the right profile club. Alright, that is the show. That is the show for today. Hope you guys have the time of your lives. Wherever you are today, have a great week. Whoever you're with, hopefully they're hopefully they are respectful enough to not tell you your shortcomings. That's called love. That is called love. My name is MKT. This has been the MKT Show. And for now, I am the hell out of here.